0: Ninth Story Studios, giving Story a voice. Welcome to the lift. Get ready to take a ride.
1: Welcome to Season 4, Episode Number 2 of The Lift. I'm Daniel Foytek, and on behalf of everyone that helps create The Lift, we're glad you're along for a ride. Season 4 is, of course, going to be packed with new stories, exciting new characters, and a special overarching story that will play out across multiple episodes this season. And thanks to our supporters, we're back to 20 episodes again this season. If you'd like to help us keep the Lift in working order, you can support Victoria at patreon.com forward slash Victoria's Lift. A quick reminder that we do have a written anthology available on Amazon in print and Kindle. We're very proud of it, and it features stories not available anywhere else, written by some of your favorite authors from the show, as well as beautiful illustrations and other great extras. Share your love for the show by getting one for yourself, and maybe even introduce a friend to Victoria by getting a copy for them, too. To get the book on Amazon, head to victoriaslift.com forward slash read. For those in the Atlanta area, how would you like to see an episode of The Lift performed live? We'll be including a brand new Lift tale as part of our live Wicked Library show, for adults only, in Lawrenceville this October 14th. Come and see tales by Christopher Long, K.B. Goddard, and a new tale co-authored by me and Nelson W. Piles for The Lift. Brought to you by Explore Gwinnett and the Aurora Theater. Get more details and pick up your tickets today at thewickedlibrary.com forward slash live. Today's tale is written by one of your favorite authors, K.B. Goddard. If you enjoy the story, and I know you will, why not follow her on Twitter and Facebook under the handle K.B. Goddard. And treat yourself to her book, The Girl with the Roses, or one of her fantastic collections of Victorian ghost stories, available on Amazon and Kobo. Now, without further ado, let's go ghost hunting and learn about the spirit of the house. In a story told by Louis Pollard, Pierce O'Burn, Mary Murphy, and starring Amber Collins as our girl Victoria. And, of course, scored by the incomparable Nico Vitesse of We Talk of Dreams. Now, let's go for a ride. Let's go for a ride. My name is Victoria.
0: I have lost so much. My name is Victoria. I am bound to this place. Charged with guiding those who must choose. Don't be afraid. I can never again be the little girl I was. Will
1: you accept your fate or
0: change? I have my music box and a library lost. But I sometimes feel very alone. Won't you join me? It's time for your ride on the lift. Don't be afraid.
2: When they arrived, she was sitting by the window, admiring the tulips in the front garden. The garden had been somewhat neglected of late, but these blooms at least promised cheerful heralds of another spring. She watched as the group came towards the cottage, her gaze following them up the garden path to the front door as she wondered what awaited her this time. The key turned in the lock, and they let themselves in. Two men and a woman. One of the men walked past her and threw the bag he was carrying down in a chair. She tutted to herself, Not very prepossessing, this one. Tall and fair-haired, not unattractive, but rather too much swagger about him. He did not seem aware of her presence. He was followed by a dark-haired man, younger than the first, but with a calmer manner. He placed his bag gently down on the floor beside a second chair as he sat down. She smiled in approval. He looked about him with apparent curiosity. For a moment, she thought he was looking right at her, but if he was aware of her, he gave no indication. A sensitive, this one. They came from time to time. Not all were aware of their gift. The woman was still standing near the door with her keys in her hand. She was fidgeting with the keys as her gaze went from one to the other of the men. Her whole demeanour was one of nervous excitement. Her brown eyes were wide and beautiful. Something was familiar in those eyes, and the line of the chin. Well, what do you think? I can definitely sense something. There's an energy here. Let's take a look around. Get a feel for the place. Then we can get out the tech. She watched as they climbed the stairs. She thought about following them, but decided against it. It would just be more of the same, standing in corners of rooms, issuing demands to the ether challenging to show herself or to prove her existence by throwing a spoon. A spoon, for goodness sake, to reach the spirits of the long dead, to communicate across the spiritual divide. What a feat! To bridge the gap between life and death. And yet, how absurd to shout across that bridge, once built, to demand that the spirits throw tableware at you. It was frivolous, She looked at the bag left by the fair-haired man. If she concentrated hard, she could nudge it off the chair. It would be a shame for them to be disappointed. She really should make an effort after they had come especially to find her. She focused her attention on the bag, reached out a hand. There it was, a little spark of something in her fingers, like a buzzing sensation. The bag fell to the floor. Did you hear that? sounds like something fell. We should have a look. They must have heard the bump. They're coming back. I definitely heard something. There! My bag! That was on the chair when we went upstairs. Are you sure it couldn't have fallen? No, no way! It wasn't on the edge. It looks like we might have ghost activity. Yes, I think you may be right. Let's Get out the spirit box. What was a spirit box when it was at home? What's that? It scans different frequencies to try and pick up spirit voices. The fair-haired man had retrieved his bag and pulled out a contraption that she did not recognize. An oblong thing that glowed with a blue light. It startled her when it came to life. Noise, noise, noise! How could something so small make such a racket? I'm speaking to the spirit who resides in this house. She had a name. Or at least, she did once. I'm speaking to Agnes. Agnes? Yes, that, that's right. That was her. Can you use this box to speak to me? Could she? No harm in trying. She was curious. She leaned forward, bending over the box. Agnes. She jumped as the wishing noise coming from the machine was interrupted by static.
0: Did you hear that?
2: Agnes? Is that you? Yes. Agnes? Uh, Can you tell us what you want? Help me. That
1: sounded like help me to me. Don't you think?
2: The woman lowered herself into a chair, her hands clasped in her lap. Agnes could feel the woman's fear, sense her heart rate increasing. She remembered how it felt to have a heartbeat. She is afraid of me. That made her a little sad. Agnes, how can we help you? What is it that you need to be able to move on? I wish I knew. Ah. Such a strange contraption. And stranger still to be conversing with someone who, to outward appearances, was addressing his remarks to a bookcase. The dark-haired one had another device. Some kind of yellow box. He waved it under her nose, and she stepped back involuntarily. Always an unpleasant sensation when they pass through you. We're getting some serious EMF spikes over here. She was growing tired of this. If she was still alive, that dreadful croaking box would be giving her a headache she retreated upstairs, leaving them to their machines. It was upstairs that she became aware of music floating through the air like summer breeze. Surely it was a musical box. Was it something belonging to the group downstairs? Something they had left to see if she would interact with it? That had been tried before. She followed the melody to the next room. It was a curious tune, At once strange and familiar, she was astonished to see a little blonde girl sitting cross-legged on the floor with a musical box before her. As the girl turned the handle, Agnes could hear the faint clicking of cogs turning within the box. The haunting melody was accompanied by an eerie green glow emanating from the box.
0: Who are you?
2: The child stopped turning the handle of the box as she looked up and answered.
0: My name's Victoria.
2: How is this possible? It didn't make sense.
0: You can hear me and see you. Are you with the group downstairs? No.
2: But of course she wasn't. She would have seen her enter with the others.
0: What are you doing here? Are you dead?
2: This question did not elicit an immediate response. This seemed strange to Agnes because, really, a person ought to know whether they were alive or dead. The child chewed on her lip and seemed to be thinking for a moment before answering. She looked at Agnes.
0: Yes and no.
2: She stood up and dusted off her dress.
0: I'm here to help you move on. I can't move on. I don't know how. I know you don't know. That's why I'm here. (laughs) You can't move on because something is holding you back. It is. You can't leave because part of you is still clinging to this place, looking for answers. Can you help me get those answers? I believe so. Oh, you must first come with me.
2: As if from nowhere, a green light sprang up in the doorway, glowing brighter and brighter until the hallway beyond was lost to view, until only the light was visible. Was this a trick? What would happen to her if she stepped through that door?
0: It is not a trick.
2: Agnes peered into the light. Beyond, she could see a large room she did not recognize, where before there had been only empty hallway.
0: It's quite safe.
2: The little girl skipped over to Agnes. She was clutching her musical box in one hand and took Agnes' own hand in the other. (gasps) She could touch her. She could feel the child's hand in her own, actually feel it. The return of such a human sensation after so long would have brought tears to her eyes. If she still had tears, or eyes for that matter. Something so simple... So long forgotten. How had she forgotten for so long? She felt a tug on her hand, and before she had time to think further, Agnes found herself in the strange room beyond the green light. Dust and damp filled the air of the unfamiliar building. To her left was a desk or counter, the wood of which was faded and chipped and, like everything else, looked to be in need of a good cleaning. A dim light drifted through the murky air. Their footsteps echoed in the stillness of the abandoned room. The girl led her on further into the room. As they neared the end of the room, there came the sound of sliding metal accompanied by the ding of a bell. A dull light appeared at the end of the room, and a door slid open, and the child led her towards it. Come. The door led into a small room or cupboard, Peeling giltwork work and dull, faded metal gave it a shabby, neglected appearance.
0: What is this? It's my lift! I don't think I've ever been in a lift before. It is hard to be sure after so long. My memory is a little foggy these days. This lift is special. It takes you where you need to go in order to make important choices. I see. It doesn't seem extraordinary to you. I'm dead. I'm in no position to judge.
2: If this strange box could give her the answers she needed, what did she stand to lose? Perhaps she would have more luck with this little girl and her strange lift than she did with the group in her house, with their croaking box. They stepped together into the faded interior of the lift.
0: Six, please.
2: Agnes stepped out. Surely this was the room she had just left this must be a mistake. But no, the furniture was different. The curtains, the rugs. Why was it so familiar? Ah, but of course. These were her things. This was how the room had been when she was living. Her room. It was darker now, too. Only a dim light in the corner illuminated the room.
0: I don't understand. You recognise it? Yes. It is my room as it was in my day.
2: It took her a moment to notice the other figure in the room. At the foot of the bed, someone was crouched down with their back to them. The rug, which usually covered the spot, was pulled back. The figure was busy about the floorboards.
0: (gasps) He's... he's... let's go downstairs.
2: The girl held out her hand and Agnes took it, allowing herself to be led downstairs with a backward glance at the figure. It was different here too. Everything was as it had been in her day. There was no sign of the ghost hunting group. What was going on? Had she gone back in time? The front door opened with a click. A woman came through the door. A woman she recognized. It was her. As she was in life. It was a strange, shivery sensation to be watching herself in this way. Like a looking glass come to life. A former self came forward holding a lantern which she put down on a table a little way inside and lit the candle that stood there she had just put out the lantern when a bumping sound from upstairs caught her attention agnes watched her former self take up the candle and walk silently towards the stairs she paused at the bottom to listen
0: you don't remember this no none of you does she i mean do i know we're here No, she can't see or hear us. She's just an echo of the past.
2: The former Agnes was moving up the steps. One step, two steps. Agnes began to feel tightening in her throat. She did not like this. No, she wanted to call out, but the word died in her mouth. In any case, she knew it would do no good.
0: You cannot change the past. Trust me, I've tried. Why am I here? You wanted to know how you died. What happened to you? This is your answer.
2: Her former self reached the top of the stairs now. Agnes watched in silent horror as the man upstairs came into view. It was over in an instant. His exclamation of surprise, her cry, a push, the body tumbling down the stairs, and the sickening thud agnes took in the horrible scene the motionless figure at the top of the stairs the body with the twisted neck at the bottom the man seemed to wake to his situation he was running down the stairs she watched him lean over the body her body as he looked up agnes got a good look at his face for the first time
0: i know him that's robert my niece's intended it is he killed me He was robbing me, and he killed me. He must have found out about the box under the floorboards. No one ever knew. It was assumed it was an accident. That you simply fell on the stairs. My niece, Sarah. She was going to marry that no good. Tell me, did she marry him? Did she go through with it? Why don't we see?
2: Victoria motioned towards the door. As they passed through the doorway, the room faded to be replaced by the interior of a church. The congregation lined both sides of the little church. A bride and groom stood facing the clergyman at the front of the altar. No! She looked to Victoria with concern, but to her surprise, the child was smiling. She turned back to watch the wedding. As the newlywed couple turned around to see the congregation, she saw that the bride was indeed Sarah. But... She saw that the groom was not Robert as she had first supposed. It took a moment before she recollected the face before her, for it was a face she knew.
0: Harry! That's Harry the coachman at the hall!
2: Harry was better. She liked Harry, she always had. Besides, Harry had never robbed her. Harry had never pushed her down the stairs. Yes, Harry was much better.
0: But what happened to Robert? A sudden illness. Providence? Perhaps. Sarah was the closest thing I had to a child of my own. I'm glad she found a good man.
2: Agnes turned to see the entrance to the lift, where a moment before had been only empty space.
0: We must return now.
2: Agnes followed her. The lift whirred into life once more. When the door stood open... This time, she was back in the house, standing in the room with the ghost hunters. The young woman was listening to the fair-haired man. He seemed to have abandoned the croaking box. I'm sensing great sadness here. The spirit of Agnes is speaking to me now.
0: No, I'm not.
2: (laughs) He's silly. She says there's something holding her here. Some unfinished business. The dark-haired man looked vaguely embarrassed and was staring at his yellow box. I don't think he's really psychic. (laughs) Agnes couldn't remember the last time she had laughed. Victoria turned the crank on the music box in her hand. The melody filled the air once more, and the dark-haired man looked up. Did you hear that? Hear what? Music. It
0: sounded like a musical box. Do you see the resemblance? Resemblance? To Sarah?
2: Of course. Now she saw it, the reason the woman had looked so familiar. It was Sarah whom the woman reminded her of. She couldn't think how she hadn't realised it before. I don't understand.
0: Are they related? She is Sarah and Harry's great-granddaughter. They kept the cottage in the family, you see, but it was rented out for some time. When they could find someone willing to rent a haunted house, of course. Now Claire's going to live here and start her own family. Claire? Yes. I'm glad. The cottage has been empty too long, apart from me. She chose to live here. She chose to come here today and try to help you move on. Now you have a choice. Stay here or move on.
2: Agnes looked at Claire. Her family. Sarah's family. A part of her wanted to stay and get to know this young woman to see her breathe life into these old walls again. But she knew what she had to do.
0: I'm ready to leave. Are you sure? Yes. It's time. No desire for justice now, you know what happened to you? What justice could there be now? Robert is long dead, and so am I. Perhaps one day the truth will come out. But it will be too late to do me any good.
2: Victoria smiled and nodded. The green glow reappeared around the doorway. Agnes took one last look back at the house that had once been her home, and at the young woman who would now make it hers. She smiled and stepped into the light.